During this crazy time, we've all been asked to stay at home. All across the world, small businesses are struggling because of these orders. And even though we know socially that this is the right thing to do, we still need to be able to reach out to our small businesses and support them. With that being said, we're asking that you reach out to Namers, Signs, Printing, and T-shirts here in Hemet, California, and San Jacinto, and ask them to print you some sort of banner, t-shirt, promotional item that that you might need for your business, or even something you want to celebrate for the 2020 graduates in our local community. Namers Signs and Printings does a phenomenal job with a ranking of 4.5 out of 5 and has done wonderful work for both West Valley High School, their softball program, and even for myself. I see their banners all over, their t-shirts. It is they're doing a wonderful job during this time period. Reach out to them at 951-350-0270 right here in San Jacinto. They are quick. They will do a wonderful job for you. Let them know that Monty Crawford and Rod Hurt at Two Real Reviewers has referred you. Along with small businesses we look to help are some of the food and beverage companies that are out here. A lot of small restaurants are struggling right now. One of those that I think needs is wonderful food is Pie Nation Pizza right here in Wildemark, California. Call them at 951-678-3232. They do wonderful work for us over at Uptown Jungle in Marietta, and I told them that I would do anything I can to help them during this time period. We know that it's difficult right now, but they have the best pizza that you can go buy and pick up or have delivered. So again, reach out to Pine Nation Pizza, one of our sponsors here at Two Real Reviewers. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you listen to us each and every week. This week, we take you from Buckhead to Arkansas to Oaxaca. We are a couple of deplorables here. Two real reviewers. I'm Rod Hurt. I'm Monty Crawford. How's it going today? Oh, just going over these these movies we picked, or well, our fans picked. We actually had a, a unique weekend um, where two of our three movies actually was suggested by our fans. It's really great that our fans are getting involved and a couple of interesting movies that got selected. Uh, a couple of things before we get into it. Uh, I, first of all, a disclaimer from Monty and I that there are... Uh, discussions in our podcast that will ruin a scene or the ending of a movie. Monty refers to them frequently as a spoiler alert, so be prepared for those. And after listening to last week's podcast myself, uh, I am fining myself $20 every time I use the word phenomenal this week. Yours is phenomenal. I think mine is either amazing or absolutely. One of those two that I kind of notice. I, so. I used phenomenal way too many <laughs> times last week. And just to set the stage a little bit, uh, of all the three movies we are reviewing this week, I doubt any of them are going to have the word phenomenal attached to them in any way, shape, or form, justified or otherwise. Well, I'm going to put this out there to our fans. It, you're in quarantine. You're sitting at home. You're listening to this. This is what I recommend. If Rod says phenomenal, and I use either one of the two absolutely's are amazing, you have to take a shot. I think we turned it into a drinking <laughs> game. <laughs> That's even better. Forget the whole 
$20 I'm finding myself, I'll go downstairs and pour a shot if I end up using the word phenomenal. And I, I actually picked that up off the other podcast I was telling you that I was listening to. Um, he has always says, you know what I mean? And so and it, it actually has become a drinking game and people are on social media listening to his podcast and taking shots every time he said, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think we throw it out there. If you guys are bored, you're in, and you're listening to us and uh, you got, you know, want to get a little tipsy, maybe we'll become funnier as they get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> That's a very distinct possibility. And uh, I'd be interested to have our, our loyal listeners and followers uh, keep track of that. That that would be a very interesting dynamic to all the data that your two real reviewers need <laughs> in order to sustain this podcast. Well, uh, we want to thank, we're almost at 150 followers um, on our social media as we just started. And uh, we're only really out there on, on Facebook. Um, our, we don't have Instagram yet, uh, but we have a very small um, Twitter account that I need to get a little bit more further along. So definitely would like you guys to come along and, and be a part of us. So come on, hit like, hit follow, and you'll get uh, daily updates on what we're doing here at Two Real Reviewers. Well, we've got three films that uh, we're going to take a, a review or two at. Um, the first up today is a film that Monty picked in uh, observance of Mother's Day. And interestingly enough, the title of the movie is Mother's Day. 2016 uh, film with Jennifer Aniston. Um, uh, we have a few actually actors and actresses, Kate Hudson, Julia Roberts, um, uh, gosh, uh, Jason Sudeikis, and uh, who is and a, his pink pants and his pink pants. You like that, huh? <laughs> oh, I, I was jealous of that. You know me. I, I saw that and I told that I go. Can I dress like that? Um, so, anyways, <laughs> um, this is a Gary. Well, we've we've already talked about him in our last podcast. Gary Marshall uh, is the director of this, and to for everybody to know, this was actually his last film he directed before he passed. That's right. So, um, it is a movie like he's done in the past with Valentine's Day and uh, with uh, New Year's Eve. He did it as well. Um, I enjoy the movie. It's it's not something that uh, I'm going to run out and buy, you know, five family seat tickets for and spend 50 bucks to go see. Um, but we did watch it. Uh, the family watched it with me. My wife watched it with me. Um, one of the small characters in this movie is I'm a huge fan of. Um, Hector Alonso, Alonso, Elizondo, Elizondo. I can never, you know, I'm so horrible with names. I really am. Anyways, um, I like him. I like him as an actor. I'm a big fan of him on Last Man Standing. But he's been, he was in Valentine's Day with Gary Marshall as well. So um, I loved it. And uh, the, the cool little thing too was, you know, Julia Roberts actually had all three of her children in this appear in this film. So um, being the fact that she. It was a Mother's Day film to have all your kids participate in the same film. That's got to be touching for her. Um, but it followed down the same same type of path as he's done in all of his movies. Um, Gary Marshall has of late New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day. And I believe that if he was still around, he would probably do more movies that are related after holidays, like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or, you know, something of that sort. So Friday um, after Thanksgiving, you know, those <laughs> sorts of holidays. Black Friday. <laughs> um, so, and matter of fact, actually, Julia Roberts, this is Gary Marshall's fourth film with her. Uh, Pretty Woman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Runaway Bride, 
uh, and Valentine's Day. So this one is the fourth one. So, you know, so he's, here's your here's your connect the dots. All right. This week. Right. Okay. So you talked about Julia Roberts. What other actor that appeared in Mother's Day appeared with Julia Roberts in another Gary Marshall film? With, uh, I was going to actually do the trivia today, but uh, go ahead. I, I'm out on that one. So Hector Elizondo that you uh, oh. previously mentioned was the hotel manager in Pretty Woman. And he was also in Valentine's Day as well. Ah. So, they've so done there's obviously a connection with Gary Marshall and Julia Roberts and Hector Elizondo and Julia Roberts' kids. And then, of all things, Penny Marshall is in this film because she's the narrator. <laughs> I, I'm typing gotta... show prep. I'm typing show prep. And every time I'm, I'm, I'm typing Marshall, I think I can type that last name in my sleep now. Oh, geez. I mean, I guess you do what you do for your family. You know, you keep them paid. <laughs> so I um, was I was very surprised to learn that uh, this movie made $50 million in the box office, which is a fair clip. But did you know that Julia Roberts did all of four days filming this movie and she got paid $3 million to do it? So she is the... Marlon Brando of Apocalypse Now <laughs> for this film because uh, Marlon Brando only did like I think one day of shooting and had a total airtime of about 20 minutes and he was paid more than any actor in that movie so uh, but Julie Roberts definitely deserves it I mean she's she has uh, done some tremendous work uh, throughout her career um, and you know I, I loved her in this one she played that role pretty well um, the other thing too that we have to look at is is Jennifer Aniston and Jason uh, Sudeikis. This is their fifth movie together. Um, my favorite out of all of them um, is is going to be We Are the Millers, and then Horrible Bosses One and Two, um, and The Bounty Hunter. Now Jennifer Aniston was absolutely hot as can be in Horrible Bosses, and I made a statement during that movie that caused my wife and I to argue for about a day and a half. So I won't, I won't bring it up again. <laughs> but uh, Is it that you weren't uh, paying Jason Sudeikis a compliment? That it was, the comment was more directed towards Miss Aniston? Well, I just said that if Jennifer Aniston was my boss and my dentist, I, I would not be saying no. <laughs> so, but I meant that as Jennifer Aniston, not the fact that if I had a hot boss, I'd sleep with it. And that's how she took it so anywho <laughs> so now that's out there please if she does okay <laughs> we're in the trouble of it um good movie i'll uh, i'll do my rating after yours uh let's go ahead and see what you got to say about this well i've got uh, a couple of things and we'll let me capitalize on your comments about uh, julia roberts i i wondered uh, if this was the right role for her uh i i the role was done very very well mm -hmm. but I, I wonder if anyone with less horsepower, and I'm not referring to Julia Roberts' teeth, by the way. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Ouch. <laughs> if, if there was someone else that could have pulled off that, that role at not the price tag that, that apparently was paid to her for doing it. Right. I thought all of the characters were fairly well cast. I, I, Jennifer Aniston seems to play a similar character 
each, it was almost as if you were watching Rachel from Friends in this movie, even though she's the ex-wife and, and she's a very devoted mom. It's very, very clear. Um, I thought the, 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 the sisters had a very interesting relationship. Right. I thought the parents were hilarious in the RV. And do you remember Monty Crawford, who played Earl, the father? You know, the actor's name is Robert Pine. Do you remember him from our youth? Chips. Exactly right. Yep. And you exactly know what? Right. I just remembered that, actually. I could not think of it when I was watching the film. And at the last second just now, I remembered Chips. My only real casting uh, complaint about this movie is the fact that Jennifer Garner, who I really like, uh, don't tell Angela, um, <laughs> I thought it was a waste of talent to have her in essentially one scene as the mom that passed away is serving her country, leaving the widower behind. Right. Could you not have inserted someone other than, than Jennifer Garner in there? Um, that was one of the issues that I had. Um, but this movie to me, it's, it's, it's what you, it's what you can expect. It's what you see. It's got some great draw in terms of the actors that are in it. The storyline was fine. It has some twists and some turns, had some decent characters. It's a fairly decent middle of the road rom-com. And because of that, I'm going to issue it three red vines out of a possible five. Dead on. I, I, uh, I believe the same thing. I'm going to give it a three out of five, three popcorns out of five, just, uh, just because it was uh, the same tread that Gary Marshall has done in the previous movies. Um, I believe you're, you hit the nail on the head with uh, Jennifer Garner. Cause I, I'm, you know, that 45 second clip of her. But again, when you have Gary Marshall's pool, you can pull a Julie Roberts, a Helen, um, uh, not Helen, oh my goodness, Kate Hudson, um, into this film as well, which we haven't even talked about her, and, but she played her role very well. Um, but I think, again, it just goes back to the same thing. I think all these actors were pulled in by Gary, and, and Gary Marshall has that love for, you know, for these characters and these actors and brings them back for each and every movie that he does. And well, and as I said, the, the movie made... Um, you know, close to $50 million uh, in the box office. Um, and it cost half that to make. So in terms of dollars and cents, it, it was a successful movie and one that if this, since this was Gary Marshall's last endeavor, was a decent enough cherry on that cake uh, of movie making that, that we're so fond of. But I will point out to our listening audience that for the foreseeable future, you're not going to hear the name Gary Marshall, Penny Marshall, Rob Reiner, Tracy Reiner. You're not going to hear those names for a while because we're going to move on from this little, uh, movie dynasty. <laughs> we'll have to break break away. Uh, speaking of breaking away, what's what's our next one? I think uh, we have um, another movie I think was picked up by one of our fans. If I'm That's not right. sure, it was a fan or friend of yours. Go ahead, Ron. My good friend Mickey uh, recommended this movie kind of under the radar. And as you all know, we're going to try and do a current movie, uh, a, a, an older movie, and we're going to let our audience pick the third, given a, a few choices. 
and we were kind enough to get this suggestion from uh, my buddy Mickey, who suggested that it was at least worth a look, the 2020 film, The Hunt, uh, written by Nick Cuse and Damon Lindloff. Uh, and Damon Lindloff was of Lost fame. He was on the team that put that Lost show together yeah. on ABC. Uh, this movie included uh, some, some big name talent, including Betty Gilpin, Emma Roberts, Hilary Swank, uh, to name a few. It was uh, directed by Craig Zobel, who is an actor in his own right, and directed some other films as well. I I'm hurt, Rod. I'm hurt you named all these stars, and you didn't say Ike Barinholtz. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't miss, in, I didn't miss in, uh, Jason Hartley either, but... <laughs> You know, there are, there are a lot of people that state that, that are in this movie for all of, you know, f the proverbial five minutes. Um, a most unusual movie that I was intrigued after getting the nod from, from Mickey uh, and wanting to watch it, watching it, and then thinking about it after I had, I had finished it up. It basically tells a, 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 an on-screen story of a group of captives uh, that are kidnapped, they miraculously wake up in a field with a bunch of weapons um, after the opening scene that features a, a group text uh, that refers to hunting human beings or deplorables, you know, like Bonnie and I. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of them in that opening sequence are immediately knocked off, you never see them again. There are others that escape. Um, there's a series of events that, that takes a couple of them, one of them in particular, back to the originator of the cap of the kidnapping, uh, a character named Athena Stone that was played by Oscar-winning actress Hilary Swank. This movie had some great action scenes, some dark humor. Uh, ultimately, here's your spoiler alert, victory by our heroine uh, Crystal that was played by Betty Gilpin. Oh. Um, it buttons up this very obscure movie, takes a shot at the political, uh, the current political climate, and perhaps this is confirmed by um, the fact that Hilary Swank is in this movie, one of Hollywood's elite. It, it had a subtle message, uh, decent carnage, had some twists and turns. This movie, to me, really had me continuing to think. It wasn't predictable. It it kept going. I wondered what was going to happen next. And it made me think an awful lot. Even this morning, as I was getting ready to, to go on air with you, I kept going back to this movie thinking, well, what about this? And how was this yeah. handled? And the, the viewing of this and, and, and all of that. I'll save my ranking for, for a minute or two until we hear your comments, Monty. But I, I, I like the fact that this movie made me think a lot. Okay. All right. Well, our fan. Who was our fan again? Michael, you said? Mickey. 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 Um, uh, I had to rent this on Amazon for $20. So, Mickey, my, I'll give you my address, and you'll be more than uh, willing to write your check to me. It was $19.99, to be exact. So um, hit me up on Facebook, and I'll give you that so you can repay me for watching this horrible film. Um, the only two things that got me through this was uh, Betty. Betty was um, – she had that – like kind of mentality that you you know hot but 
I can kick your ass. Um, and it, we know that later on in the movie, and it didn't take long for us to figure it out, but they actually put it a little bit later on where she explains that she's, you know, done time in Afghanistan. Um, I'm assuming the way she was kicking some butt and ass up and down the court that uh, she, she absolutely had um, some special ops training um, because she was quite good and it wasn't just your typical army soldier out there, um, you know, kicking everyone's ass. The beginning of the movie, like you said, um, started off, it did, it did keep you, it was entertaining. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie about that, but I will say that it's a retread. There's a lot of movies out there, the dangerous game, um, you know, from 1932 or 36, um, you know, that's out there. It's just started all of this with hunting humans. This one did have a little bit, like you stated, a political aspect to it. Um, and, and people had brought that up in their reviews of this, that it was, you know, um, designed to, to, you know, cause a, a split in the country. It was political uproar. I mean, all these things are on their actual movie Facebook or face page or movie poster page that they have that people had made these comments. Um, and I see it, you know, we're using the com this, the common statement of rednecks, uh, typical redneck, blah, 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 the deplorables. And, you know, um, so yeah, I think it was, it was, um, you know, it was entertaining, but it wasn't something that if, you know, I couldn't even get interested in it when I watched the trailer. Um, we, you know, so, uh, but the beginning, you know, scene when it got to where they were out in the field and that box of weapons was there, I kind of even had a flashback of Hunger Games in a sense, except for they weren't fighting each other. They were trying to go out and survive. Um, so that was the only, you know, thing that, that really caught my eye in that. But in uh, the end part where, again, spoiler alert, um, Hillary Swank and Betty Gilpin get into this fight where that one guy already warned her, Athena can kick some ass. You know, she's going to tear you apart. So you knew Hillary had some special training. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they even did a little flashback to it. Um, but there's that fight at the end kind of reminded me of a little bit of Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill, where um, Lucy Liu and, and her, what's her name, fought with, you know, each other and kind of, you can see him battling through windows and then, you know, stuff like that. It was a, a really good fight scene that they had. Um, and, you know, obviously they both get hurt and then one passes. Um, but there was a scene in there with Betty that she did something that caught my eye. And it's the only thing that really caught my eye in this movie um, where she was talking to the consultant. You, I don't know if you remember this part. That's right. And they're dying. And uh, she leans in and says, oh, you know, I heard you call, me, call you the consultant. And uh, so you train these guys and she's like, yeah, and, you know, or he's like, yeah. And then, uh, um, but she kept doing this little with her hand. I don't know. You guys can't see me. You can see me, Rod, but, or, but she'd take her finger up by her eye. And then she would like a little gesture out, like, like when she was talking about herself and things that she'd been through, it was almost like she had a little bit of a mental issue along with her special skills, not a mental issue and in, in maybe like post-trauma from being in the war uh, is what I mean by that. And uh, it, which is not a, a funny thing to, to even bring into a film in this state, in this nature. So I didn't think that that really needed to be a part of that. Um, it just could have been that she was, you know, a military person and can kicks mass and, you know, and that's it. But she, she did her role very, very well. Um, I'm not, I was not ecstatic about this film uh, after seeing it. I, I, it even skipped on my thing that when I watched it a little bit, and I was like, do I go back? Nah, I'll skip those four minutes, you know, um, <laughs> you know, so, 
anyways um and and if you want i'll go ahead and give my I'll give my do. ready. Uh, this was this was a two popcorn, and it was burnt popcorn. Ooh, oh, I, I like I like how we're getting into using our movie rating system, uh, <laughs> and and starting to 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 uh, manipulate that a little bit. Very, I like that two burnt popcorns. That's that's awesome. Tell tell Mickey he he's you know he owes us a movie. He owes us something good. So he's got to participate in our next poll, but he's better pick a good one. Well, I'll guarantee you he'll be listening a little bit later on as soon as this podcast is up, and uh, I'll certainly share his feedback. I, In reading the synopsis after he had recommended that we review this movie, I was a little concerned, and uh, when I saw the price tag on, uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, I got a little more concerned. <laughs> and thought, well, what could I do with this 1995 instead of watch this movie that uh, is is very very uh, questionable at this point in time? But you're taking the counsel and the advice and 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 uh, a hunch from a friend, so I'm I'm glad to have watched it. I, I'm not sure that it was worth 1995 that I shelled out in comparison to how much we may pay for other movies, mm-hmm. uh, current pay per view uh, in the current pay per view environment. But because this movie continued to make me use my head, I'm going to give it three red vines. Uh, I love the action scenes. Uh, I enjoy watching Hilary Swank in, in damn near anything that she's in. I yeah. uh, was a little surprised that she was in a movie that was a little out there and a little obscure. But if you believe that the movie has everything to do with... Uh, the political climate and the president and basket of deplorables reference to Hillary Clinton. Most of Hollywood is uh, on the side uh, that, that is against the current Trump administration. And they may be trying to make some sort of statement of their own by participating in this movie. That was my takeaway from it. I try not to let movies cloud my judgment that way. I, I don't need that from Hollywood actors when right. they're on screen. But this movie got me to think a little bit, and that's why I ultimately gave it the rating it did. Well, we always give a little trivia about movies, so let's I'll give you one here. There is talk that this was originally supposed to be called Red State versus Blue State. Right. Again, a political statement. This has been denied, though, by Universal um, instead that that was never a working title. However, uh, that is something that has been going on uh, throughout the web uh, in regards to that. And it's I found that on multiple sources, not just one. So I thought that was pretty unique to know that that actually has been out there. Um, the other thing too is you got to feel bad for the movie in the sense that it did get released, um, was supposed to be released early, but pulled um in march 13th due to some mass shootings that we had and being that this is a violent film against each other um and then you know obviously the box office uh goes you know silent due to the covid 19 pandemic so it you was know, so not bad money it didn't make money it it was not a money maker um it, i don't you know i don't even know that it made its production budget at last i checked um and maybe it does when people are going to pony up 1995 to watch it Maybe they will be able to catch up. Uh, I'm sure Hillary Swank doesn't come cheap um, yeah. in terms of, of what she commands in terms of a, a typical Hollywood uh, salary. Um, but you're right that this was launched at a, a, a very unfortunate, inopportune time. And I wonder, and again, back to thinking about this movie in general, 
would this have done better uh, in 2020 when we are merely months away from a general election that is going to be really a statement election, if you think about it. Uh, this is not a political show. We're not going to we're not going to go down that road. Right, right. Um, we're, we're all about movies. But uh, above anything else, uh, we really appreciate Mickey's participation and giving giving us a uh, uh, shout out to to recommend this movie. However, yeah. we will However. move right along. <laughs> and I'll I'll, uh, I'll hedge my bets a little bit and suggest that the, the final movie of our podcast this week is one that was, to me, it was a sleeper. Um, not a sleeper move in wrestling. That's a completely different story. <laughs> I was going to go but, but a sleeper movie, and that is uh, the, the Nacho Libre movie uh, that came out in 2006. Okay. Nacho Libre, which was a huge fan favorite uh, on our polls. Um, it ran away with uh, against um, Snatch, Radio Flyer, um, and uh, some other movies that were out there and even beat some of the write-ins that uh, people tried to get us to watch. Um, so uh, Stand By Me was the other one. So Nacho Libre pulled away. Um, went to double digits and not only did our fans vote Ron um, for Nacho Libre they voted with pictures and video clips of Nacho Libre now I am completely <laughs> shocked you talk about a sleeper this snuck up on me that you have not seen this film before so that's true another admission yet another movie Rod has not seen <laughs> um, take us through Rod well this is a uh, uh, a, a 2006, and what I found interesting is partially true story. Had no clue about this whatsoever. Um, the story, the, the movie was directed by Jared Hess, uh, who previously did M Napoleon Dynamite, um, which we talked to right before, talked about right before we went on air. The story is a, a very loose uh, recap of a true story that happened in Mexico uh, with. Uh, a, a, a religious uh, icon, if you will, named Frey Tormenta, uh, which means it translates into firestorm uh, in Spanish. This was someone that was the 16th of 17th children. Talk about uh, acknowledging somebody on Mother's Day for crying out loud. But it's a rather true story about uh, a, a, a religious figure putting food on the table for a group of orphans in Oaxaca. Uh, the lead role is Jack Black. I think, I don't know that anybody has a bad thing to say about Jack Black uh, and, and the roles that he has portrayed over the years. Um, however, I don't recall uh, him getting any uh, nods for Academy Award nominations anytime uh, in, in, recent, in recent history. But you see Jack Black a lot, um, in movies, and right during this period of time uh, was kind of his heyday. Um, as I mentioned, the director had previously done Napoleon Dynamite. To me, this film had a lot of similarities uh, to Napoleon Dynamite, including uh, one of the characters named Esquilito, who is uh, Nacho Libre's sidekick, played by Hector Jimenez, um, and all I kept thinking when I'm watching any scene that, that Esquilito was in, I kept saying, vote for Pedro. <laughs> for Pedro. 
Uh, it also included um, Ana de la Reguera. She played sister Encarnacion. And I kept wondering where I had seen her either previously or since this movie was made. And she played uh, Marisol uh, Silvera in the, 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 the show Goliath, which is on Amazon Prime. Uh, which I've watched and enjoy a great deal. So there's some recognition that was there. Okay. The filming and the scenery in this movie is what took me away. It was actually filmed in Mexico, in Oaxaca. I have to believe that they got half the town of Oaxaca to actually appear in this film because there's some real interesting looking dudes uh, that, that had bit roles uh, in this movie during some of the scenes. The soundtrack, uh, and, and y'all know how, how I, I love to talk about movie scores and, and songs, uh, and I did not know that the, virtually all of the music that was in this movie was done by Danny Elfman, a Boingo Boingo fan. Uh, I thought, uh, and I'm a big fan of mariachis anyway, so you, you, don't, have to get, you don't have to ask me twice. Right. Um, but the storyline um, has some predictability to it. Uh, it does have some twists and turns. It's a typical Jack Black uh, type of film. Right. It has some yucks, you know. I'm not sure that that the the stereotypes, including the character that Jack Black paid, this is 14 years ago, right? Yeah. And him doing a Hispanic accent uh, is probably funny for you and me. I'm not easily offended. Right. Uh, by people being in character, but I wondered if that movie could be made in, in the year 2020 versus the year 2006. I'm not sure that all of the, the characters that were stereotyped would go over very well because there it's, there's got some, there's some sarcasm there. There there's uh, the, the human element. And the bottom line is that Jack Black in real life doesn't have a Hispanic accent. Uh, yeah. My question for you on that, to cut you off there, sorry, but to cut you on that, could he have found somebody that was more, uh, that was of Hispanic, you know, descent to be able to play this role besides a Jack Black? I thought that's where this problem came along. I, I think that, I think that's, that's probably a valid question. Um, I, I don't know who else could have played that role. It, I could tell that Jack Black was in the lead role. Now, right. could you put someone else in? Probably, but then you wouldn't have gotten the facial expressions, um, the mannerism, the body language that you get from Jack Black. I think that's what everybody seems to like about Jack Black is that he's a he's a he's a jolly fellow and and he, he's he's funny to look at and he's 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 got a you know he's got a beer gut on him. I wonder if he had to actually put that on himself for this movie I think he's had look it. that part um but i i i just think that the way that the story was developed to me was a precursor to all the superhero movies that we've had since this movie has been made okay. i really like i really like the message of him trying to earn money as a wrestler in order to buy food, day-old tortilla chips, uh, to feed the orphans that he was responsible for feeding. That was uh, that tagline. You had one job, right? He has one job is to cook for the orphans, and he ends up going out to be a wrestler to make money to buy the food. 
Okay. Well, I'll wait for you, or I'll give mine, and then we'll we'll take our reviews. To me, this movie, um, it, it's again. I think I was a little bothered by the fact that that Jack Black played was, you know, not a a true, and I don't know, maybe he has Hispanic blood in him, but I thought maybe there could have been somebody out there. Two thousand six was a time where, um, you know, uh, we didn't have as many um, multicultural actors coming in and playing roles that were meant for them, and it caused a little bit of an uproar back then, and it still does to this day. Um, we've, you know, you go back to just even recently, there was, uh, how I met your mother's final season where they played Asian people and colored their face slightly yellow. And that was the real big uproar over that. So there's some little, a few things in here that, that kind of bothered me and the movie itself had its ups and downs and, and just like anything else, um, Jack, I mean, Jack Black played his role to what everyone wanted. He got some jokes out of him and you know, the squeezing of his butt cheeks, showing his pants and my <laughs> going out pants. We, you know, I, I was telling my brother who I, I snuck out to go visit, um, to go see my brother, Stuart. And, uh, that was the first thing he did. I'm like, I, I really, I go, I told him, I go, I'm not looking forward to re watching this and reviewing it. And, uh, again, and, uh, he turned to the side, put his hands on the wall and <laughs> did the whole scene. And, you know, my wife and his wife laugh and I'm just, you know, I, I, like I said, it had its moments. It's it's a fun movie. I was into wrestling. Uh, uh, Mr. Wonderful was my wrestler, Paul Orndorff. Um, I wasn't a big Hulk Hogan fan back then, so wrestling was cool. And this movie coming into 2006, yeah, I'm a little bit older, but it was it was we all went out and saw it. Um, the the one thing that caught my eye that I didn't know, and I actually had to look it up, and I found it on IMDb is the guy that played the young Nacho, the actor who played was Troy Gentile. He also played a younger version of him, of Jack Black in uh, Tenacious D uh, in The Pick of Destiny, which is another 2006 movie that Jack Black put out. Um, but tr just so everybody knows, if you're currently watching um, TV on ABC, uh, The Goldbergs, which I just absolutely love because it's all about the 80s, um, is Troy Gentile plays the oldest son in that show tv show and we ah. as audience can be so i love watching him so i just saw i just saw that and i thought man i knew he looked familiar now it's all coming together you know you know 14 years later but uh you know he's he's got himself a nice thing um the other thing i would say is is the movie went under the code name to the theaters that you probably see on our trivia as toast which I felt the movie was, it was toast. <laughs> uh, but again if you laugh then it's worth the money. You know, uh, it is, it wasn't a film at the time that I would go out on a date and see, or, you know, anything like that. If my buddies wanted to go see it and we all go jackass around, then that's what I saw. And that's, if I remember right, I saw it with Ben Kulak, I believe might've been, yeah, Ben Kulak. I think him and I went and saw it. So anyways, um, other than that, I, I, you know, again, movie for me on this in, for me, I would say it was entertaining enough uh, to give it three star or three uh, popcorns, and they were okay popcorns, just didn't have any butter on it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another qualifier: burnt popcorn, buttered popcorn, no buttered popcorn. I'm expanding. Don't forget, I got salt coming on those some of those too. So, <laughs> you know, I may have to switch my uh, movie rating system over to Twizzlers so I can talk about <laughs> how many I pull off of the typical <laughs> brand. You're absolutely right. This this is a this is a middle of the road movie. 
it, it had just enough to, to keep you tuned in. I didn't think I would. I, I thought it would lose me after 45, 50 minutes, and it didn't. It, 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 it had staying power. It, it's, it's one of those entertaining movies that's driven hard by the lead character. Mm -hmm. Jack Black does a great job at, at fulfilling that. And with some of the other nuances, like I said, the scenery, the music, some of the characters that are in Oaxaca in the stands during some of the wrestling matches, it, it was unique enough uh, and, and had some funny moments enough where I gave this movie three red vines out of five. All right. So real quick, you mentioned people in the stands during the wrestling match. Quick trivia, one last trivia for the day on this one. Some of them were blow-up dolls. <laughs> Really? Yes. Yeah, it was cheaper to uh, buy some blow-up dolls and put them in the stadium, in the stands as to uh, hiring extras. Well, how about that guy in the front row that had the, the weird eye? Was he a, <laughs> no, was he a, real, you, was he a real guy or was he a blow-up doll? <laughs> he was real. <laughs> so so b before we uh, give you a hint uh, about what our, our upcoming movies are for next, week pod next week's podcast, uh, we've got some special people that we want to thank in advance of signing off. Right, Monty? Absolutely. Our sponsors. Uh, we have three sponsors that we want to give a shout out to. Uh, two of them are active uh, in the in the uh, work field right now. Uh, Namers Signs. Uh, they are signs and pictures and posters. Uh, they are out of San Jacinto and, Hem and Hemet. Look them up. They, we will tag them on our post today. If you're looking for any type of senior banners, shirts being made to recognize some of these seniors uh, that are not being able to get their graduation, reach out to them. They are amazing. Uh, they are fast. We had a one-day turnaround for us. Um, so please tell them that Monty Crawford and Rod Hurt from Two Real Reviewers uh, referred you over there. Uh, we also have Pi Nation out of Wildemar uh, still doing um, pickups and deliveries. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the best pizza I've ever had. We use them at my, my uh, birthday parties for our park, Uptown Jungle in Marietta, and uh, they are phenomenal. They, they are way better than a Domino's or a Straw Hat or whatever else Pizza Hut that's out there. Definitely go Pie Nation. Um, you'll, they'll make it the way you want it, and it's great tasting. Look them up. We'll tag them again on a post here. Last but not least, um, they are doing uh, some minor stuff. Abby's Cafe and Hemet, when they get back open, definitely reach out to them. Wonderful family-owned business. And like it says on everywhere you go right now, shop local, support your local businesses, as you know that we've asked them to support us in years past. So shout out to those three sponsors today. Did you just make a straw hat pizza reference? It's <laughs> yes, I did. Actually, wow. yeah. talk about going in the Wayback Machine. Speaking of the Wayback Machine, we are going to take a look at a movie from way back in the day. Next week, uh, we're going to let Monty pick a movie. We're going to let the viewers pick a movie. And I'm going to pick a movie. And what I've selected for next week's podcast is a remake of a recent movie that was done in the early 90s, uh, Kate Fear, that starred Robert De Niro in the remake. Um, but the original was done in the early 60s uh, and features um, Robert Mitchum, uh, a movie I've seen bits and pieces of, but would like to go back and see it in its entirety. So we will take a look at Kate Fear next week on Two Real Reviewers.
you think when they remade it, they had to find an actor named Robert because Robert Mitchum did the first one? I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, if you're picking two Roberts, uh, those are two decent Roberts to, uh, to select for sure. Well, I think I've, um, mine is I'm a comic book guy. I love to watch comic films um, and I'm going to go outside of DC and Marvel. Um, I'm going to see if, if somehow, some way Vin Diesel can separate himself from Too Fast and Furious and see himself in a good movie. I'm going to look at Bloodspot, which uh, was a Valiant comic, which has been turned into a movie. So we will see if that holds, or excuse me, Bloodshot. I apologize. Um, I can't read my own writing, Ron. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. Um, He is not, I mean, the last movie I saw outside of Too Fast and Furious with him in it was Pitch Black, which I loved. Um, but I will see uh, how Bloodshot does, and also being um, from Sony Pictures, uh, 2020. Um, hopefully, it's a good movie. And our third movie is going to be picked by you, our loyal followers. So you're going to see a poll on our Twitter page, Two Real Reviewers. We're going to, once again, offer four movies for you to select from. We had a couple that got some decent votes in last week's poll. We're going to put two of them up uh, again, and we're going to add two new ones as well. And once the voting has has ended, we'll get a, a look at what that third movie will be. So a, a to be determined for the third movie, but we do appreciate you following us on our various social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook, and make sure to catch these podcasts on Anchor. Anchor, and we just got launched again on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We are now up on eight different platforms, and we continue to grow. So looking forward to everybody hearing us. Rod, thank you. I enjoyed our time. I enjoyed it as well. We will look forward to hosting another podcast next week. And until then, we are two real reviewers. Have a good night. Stay safe.